after these messages we'll be right back i can't believe i ate that whole thing are you in good hands and now a word from our sponsors Hello, everybody. Welcome to After These Messages, bringing you the hot takes on the commercial breaks. That's right. We're here to talk about TV commercials, the good ones, the bad ones, and the ones where people say weird shit like this. You're so American. So are you, sir. Then why do I love hockey? My name is Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Haz. Hey, Veeves. Hey, Andrew. Coming up today, we are going in the computer (laughs) inside the computer there is a new um advertising campaign for oculus the virtual reality i guess headset and software rig rig whatever it's called and um they star uh someone we're a big fan of eric wareheim yes of uh, tim and eric um and i'm pretty sure he directed these as well that would make sense sense. and in them he is going inside the virtual reality and it just reminded me of how many times in culture since the internet and even pre-internet just kind of like computers we've seen the internet depicted as a physical place often with a lot of tubes and things shooting by a lot of of neon Exactly. It's it's reminiscent of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure when they're shooting through the uh, space-time continuum. Are you familiar? Did you ever see that movie? Yes. Yeah, so kind of that. So I was like, I'll bet you we could round up a whole bunch of commercials that depict the inside of the internet and the inside of computers. So that's the theme today. All right. All right, I'm so excited. we're going to do that. It's basically kind of like Tron. I think <laughs> Tron's going to um, rear its head. I did, I've never seen Tron. You've never seen Tron? No, and I, it seems like it'd be very much up my alley. It's That's pre-internet, or at least like pre-internet as far as it being something that everybody could use. Um, but it that took place, I saw today, inside computer software. Yes. Yeah. The original Tron is, in my humble opinion, very boring. Is it? I it's think It's just mostly so. visual stuff, the yeah, speeder I mean, bikes. It, it was probably like very exciting for people who were like super nerds and were like, you know, it was a harbinger of the future once upon a time. But there's not much to it in terms if you're just looking for a fun story. Yeah. Well, I'll... Uh, that's I'll, my I'll, that's my dim recollection I, of I, it. I, I would say that I would check it out, except I, it's so rare for me to have the patience to sit down and watch a movie at home from start to finish these days. I have to go... Th- to the theater. I must just be getting ADHD late <laughs> in life because that's, I believe, how that disorder works. Um, as we were talking about this idea, we kept on saying inside the computer, which is very reminiscent, of course, of uh, one of our favorite movies, Zoolander. Did you find the files? I don't even know what they look What do they look like? They're in the computer. They're in the computer? <laughs> I got it. You gotta figure it out. Roger. In the computer. <laughs> it's so simple. So we will be hearing a lot of uh, the computer <laughs> today as we go through these commercials. Um, also, uh, you put together the Ad Council. I see that somebody sent in a bunch of commercials um, starring John Hamm. I've only watched one of them, and I think it's my new favorite commercial. Yeah, these it are is so good. These are so good. This whole campaign is so good, and it really... Puts H&R Block to shame. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, because they use John Hamm, I think, going for a similar thing. Anyway, we'll get into that. But I guess for now, we should, well, I'll just say it. Go inside the computer. (laughs) 
Are you with me here, Veeves? Are we flying through the tubes? Oh yeah, it's it's very uh, very trippy. Yeah, you can see all of the you can see the matrix flying by. Um, so these Eric Wareheim commercials that I was uh, referring to earlier, I've seen one in heavy rotation. I knew there were some other ones out there, um, and I think I sort of found a progression so far. I actually found three of these. And in the first one, it's a little less trippy. It's actually a bunch of scenes that I think they're going to spin off into their own ads. Mm -hmm. But this one is more of an overview. And the the concept is, and I did not catch this the first times I saw these commercials because they go by quickly. I don't think the sound mix is particularly good. Um, But the, the conceit is, did you know this, Genevieve, that he, Eric Wareheim, is playing reality personified and so oh, virtual no. reality is kind of like i don't think you can pick that up from oops. like the uh like the subsequent ones unless you've seen this one i guess yeah so here here he'll set it up in this one hi i'm reality yes the reality you know the reason you can't fly or bend time or do that then the oculus quest came along Without rules, what's my purpose? Without limits, why even bother? Without me, there's no telling what people will do. Then it says defy reality. And we saw a bunch of people kind of inside the video games that they're playing, which is all these Oculus video games, some of which I looked up. Um, So, Vives, right away, does this fit into another theme we did recently? The anti-hero? Does it? Well, sort of. Maybe not. But I'm just thinking of this now. Like, they're selling a product, virtual reality, so they have to create a Noid-like character that is the enemy. I guess, but I thought we determined that the Noid was uh, very definitively not an anti-hero. That's right. Why did we decide that again? Because the anti-hero is not just a villain that you see a lot. Of an anti-hero is that someone that you are you're on you're on their journey with them. Oh, you have to root for them essentially. Even if you don't root for them, you are seeing the world through from their perspective. Well, I do think that that's the case here. We're seeing it. He's narrating and he's in these worlds with these other people, but the camera's mostly on him while they he, play their games. So then does he fulfill the other criteria, which is that he is, he's essentially a bad guy? Well, he's the enemy of virtual reality. He's the enemy of virtual reality. Okay, give me this. It's definitely postmodern. <laughs> sure. <laughs> no, that definitely is not postmodern. Um, okay, so that's the that's the overview commercial where we meet this character, Reality. And now in this one, we're just going to take one of those video game experiences. And in this one, I think we see a guy. He's playing a game I, I found out later called Beat Saber. Uh, this is taken from... Wikipedia. Beat Saber is a virtual reality rhythm game that features the player slicing blocks. You're basically holding two lightsabers. You're slicing blocks that represent musical beats with a pair of red and blue lightsabers, and it takes place in a surrealistic neon noir environment. By the way, have you ever heard of neon noir before? There's a hyperlink to it. I want to check out what neon noir is. Oh, yeah. No, we should check it out. Cool. So um, here's this first one. uh, And there's this guy. He's playing this lightsaber game. And um, he he puts on the headgear. He gets sucked into the virtual reality. And then Eric Wareheim is there trying to harsh his buzz. Slicing away. Hi. 
from reality. Now suddenly he appears in this virtual reality and he starts pointing out all the things that don't really exist. Reality? Uh-huh. This must be a lot for you. No, I'm quite the laser wizard myself. In fact, these lights, not real. Floating platform, no. And these things? Well, kind of magical actually. And then at the end, one of these beat blocks goes by, nails Eric Wareheim, and knocks him off of his uh, his platform there. I love Eric Wareheim. I am not into these commercials at all. I don't think the mix is good. You can't tell what he's saying. The conceit is buried. The conceit is really buried because I think we're going to look at one more here that mm-hmm. is this is the one that drew our attention to it. And it's one where uh, the game is very much like if you've read or, read or seen uh, Ender's Game, uh, or any you know depictions of Ender's Game, uh, the Orson Scott Card novel. Um, there's a a lot of the book takes place in a sort of a zero gravity gym where the kids uh, fly around and try to like get uh, get through a gate through like a goalpost. Mm-hmm, okay. And they are in a zero g environment. They're flying around. There's often like obstacles in the zero g environment that they have to work around or work with. And this this game that's been designed. Um, I think this VR Frisbee game. Yeah, it's like it, some sort of a Frisbee. It's either called Echo Arena or Disc League. <laughs> Something, whatever it's called. It looks, in in the depiction in the commercial, so much like the Ender's Game, uh, like zero-G mm-hmm. uh, sort of sport. Um that it's like that was what I that was my big takeaway from it. I do think that Eric Wareheim is funnier in this one. Mm. Um, and now that I know what his deal is, that he's reality who's pushing back on virtual reality, mm-hmm. um, that makes his dialogue in this make a lot more sense. Before, I thought he was just a guy who was trying VR and was uncomfortable doing it because he's like sort of a big goofus. Yeah, I thought he was just like her friend or maybe her partner or yes. something. This woman, same deal, she puts on her headgear. By the way, the disc thing, the throwing of a disc, I was watching so many commercials today, and I found one that was based on Tron. It was actually for duck, duct tape, duck brand duct tape, uh, and it was really funny, really low budget, but it was a take on Tron, and in it, the guy throws a disc at his wife to try to kill her. That must be a thing in, in Tron, too. Do you remember that? Do they throw discs to make... I'll be honest. I've seen Tron one time. I was babysitting some kids when I was probably, like, 13 or 14. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, these, like, little kids who were, I guess, you know, proto-nerds mm-hmm. were like, we want to watch Tron. And I was okay. like, what's Tron? So we watched it. And so I was, a, you know, like a sort of a young-ish teenager when I saw it. And didn't have a frame of reference for it. I don't think I really knew what the internet was yet. I mean, mm-hmm. these kids were probably like, they were probably like the family that had AOL. Well, just for American the record, unit. again, Tron was not about the internet. It was about the inside of software. I know, but I'm saying that this was a family that mm-hmm. was probably like a little bit more cutting edge than my family was I in see. terms of their technology. They were probably early adopters. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's kind of like the probably one of the parents was like super into the idea of Tron. Because um, Tron was very, I mean, it really envisioned, uh, I mean, it sort of envisioned, like, it presaged the the Matrix. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Matrix is about, you know, software, basically, programs that that be, that are sentient, and that's effectively... Isn't the Matrix about our, about our um, brains, though, and, like, what we perceive is real? It, yes, it is, but, I mean, the, all the bad guys and all the characters in the Matrix who aren't the humans are 
just mm. bits and bites that are oh. sentient. Oh, I don't. I actually, that's one that I don't remember very well. I remember watching it. Everybody was talking about how great it was, and then I finally watched it, and I hated it so much. <laughs> I don't know if I still would, well, but if, I just whatever remember thinking you didn't it was like overblown. A, whatever you didn't like about the first one is like 10 times uh, in the second and I think third. what I didn't like about it was it was during college, and I only like, I liked very small indie films that were like kind of not cliche. And even though I know The Matrix was exploring some pretty big concepts, I felt like it still fit into various tropes and you could see things coming. I just remember that from the time. Anyway, point being, you don't remember if they threw discs at people. I in, guess that's in, the point. In Tron. But I think we learned a little bit about you and me and our taste in movies <laughs> in this journey. So here's Eric Wareheim and this woman who just wants to play her Frisbee game. She's going in. Jen, you gotta help me. The gravity's broken. Come on, reality. We're in Echo Arena. It's zero G. I prefer the standard amount of jeans. <laughs> that is funny. On your left. Got it. Ah! I'm proud of you, but I'm still not okay with it. I'm proud of you, but I'm still not okay with it. She I, actually says, hey, reality. Yeah, we, now I we, get we, it. We never got it before. Yeah, it went by so quickly. Uh, but I kind of like it more when, when um, the user is trying to bring reality along with them. I don't mind the concept of the personified reality mm-hmm. being yeah. flummoxed by virtual reality. Mm-hmm. They ought to have virtual reality be- become personified and then like have them duke it out or something. Ooh, yeah. But I can totally see how this is an Eric Wareheim production, right? Like yeah. they're yeah. Yeah. when you watch uh, awesome show Great Job uh like the Tim and Eric mm-hmm. uh sort of variety show. That's not quite right. Sketch show. Yeah. Um it's uh they they have a love of like like you know cats with lasers coming out of their mm-hmm. eyes and like a lot of sort of like sort of uh like almost cheap but hot like cheap t- high tech but cheaply imagined mm-hmm. and so it's interesting like to see someone who has that instinct doing something with a lot of budget and of course Oculus doesn't want anything to look cheap they mm-hmm. don't want it to look like you know stupid and like dank memeified yeah. or whatever but uh, oh my god! I was watching some virtual reality commercials <laughs> from the '90s. I didn't oh realize boy. that they were even a commercial product in the '90s. But the headsets were so huge, and then when you were inside of it, it was like you're inside Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Only it's not quite as good of graphics, <laughs> which would be a bizarre thing anyway. Actually, to be in that world, I suppose, but it's definitely not reality. It's virtual something. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I feel like these commercials have good bones. I feel like they they could evolve if yeah. they stick with it enough, but they. I do think that they're a little muddled right now, even just from a production standpoint. Like, Does it make you want to get the Oculus? Not that one. I saw some things today that made me like these are two like the music and I'm, I have to slash things with swords. All this. I'm not a fast paced guy. You're going to be surprised to hear like I play. You want slow virtual reality. I play very I don't play that many video games, but the ones I do are not games where you need to react quickly. When I was a kid, I'd play those. I think I've just aged out of them i think my thumbs have aged out of them right um i play things that are a little bit more like uh uh, strategy based or just open world you're doing it at at your own time or or what have you i guess madden is the only game that i play but my point is that doesn't those don't look that attractive to me but i saw some other things that i'm not thinking oh you know what i saw it was so stupid i was in my searching i ended up kind of stumbling on some car commercials that are shot for virtual reality and i don't have a headset or anything but you can watch virtual reality 
videos on YouTube. You can just kind of control the perspective with right. your mouse. And some of those actually got me because it just felt like I was in a world that I could turn around and explore. Yeah, I've done a little bit. We have some friends with um, like VR headset uh, systems and... Uh, I've so I've been in I've tried a couple of those the games there was one game that was like a horror game where oh, you go I into like a horror mm, house nope, nope, nope. and I'll tell you what I put on those I put the headset on for like a minute and the second I like turned to I like turned my head and there was like you know some ghostly bloody mm, twins nope. there and I just like screamed and took it off and like it's it's really like it, it is feels very real. You feel like you're there to the point where every time I would I would try to put my elbows and like lean on things that were only in the virtual right. world. So I've got a lot of bruises. But the one you actually falling onto the ground. Yes, I would fall over because guess what? It's not in real life. Oh, wow. Um, but the ones that were really fun for me. Were when, you just sort of getting tired? I'm sorry to interrupt, but that's fascinating. I haven't tried it like yet. imagine that you're in a th- this was a game where you're supposed to like fight these sort of like um, vaguely humanoid figures um with like you throw things at them mm-hmm. and and there's some rules of the rules of engagement so you have to hide behind things where they so they can't throw oh, throw wow. you so you feel like you're in a physical space and in the same way that if you're crouched down behind like a, a box or something mm-hmm. you might put your elbows on it yeah, yeah yeah i my instincts were to do that because it feels like it's right there in front of you did you ever did you like fall from a standing up position all the way to the ground or was it usually you're kind of crouching? Uh, it was more like crouching and le- trying to lean into something bit. and losing my balance. Because that sounds legit I mean, I did dangerous. not like fall over like a redwood. I right, mean, right. You know, but it was more like I would be, my brain was like, oh, you're you're in a space. This is a physical object mm-hmm. in front of you. But the fun, the, the ones that were really fun and are really fun for me are kind of the same way you're saying, like, it's either just like reacting to colors mm-hmm. and music or flying around above a city yeah, like you're an eagle. Cool. And it's just an open experience where you're just experiencing the reality of mm-hmm. it. And I think for those of us who maybe either are of our of a certain age or maybe of a certain temperament or don't have, don't have a lot of a daily experience with it, just getting used to being in a virtual world is a lot to take in. Mm-hmm. I mean, the thought of like like seeing that disc game where she's flying through the air and it looks like Ender's Game, like it looks fun to me, but I think I would become quickly overwhelmed. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. But I mean, I'm easily overwhelmed with regular old reality. Then maybe you shouldn't go... In the computer. <laughs> <laughs> is that what we're learning? Yeah. Um, okay. Well, here this next one is not the most creative on my list, but I felt like I needed to give homage near the top to Wreck-It Ralph Two. Ralph breaks the internet because that's basically the concept we're talking yeah. about here. We're, re- <laughs> believe it or not, but Ralph breaks the internet is basically like the Tron of 2017 or whatever. Didn't they also up. make a Tron of 20 something or other? Oh, they did. Yeah, yeah. and I, I don't know what's going on with that. Um, that was weird because who is it? Jeff Bridges who's in that, and yeah. they did this thing to make him look young at the beginning of yeah, the movie. Yeah, because is he in the original? I forgot. I think so. The, yeah, the whole ins and outs. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I'm not going to play the trailer from Wreck It Ralph because it's basically a lot of noise and just it's just so much <laughs> racket. I, yeah. I'm just not cut out to be a parent. I hear it like just watching that trailer, which again the concept really appeals to me, and the movie might be fine, but the the trailer is just like. It's like just being inside of a noisy kid's toy the whole <laughs> yes. time. I was like, it's like oh, being inside a, a McDonald's playland inside the tube. Yes, yes. Um, but anyway, so here is a uh, 
here's kind of a partnership between McDonald's and Ralph Breaks the Internet. It starts in an actual McDonald's. There's a, a it looks like a family, a mom, a dad, and a daughter. Um, and uh, they're looking at a sign for a Happy Meal. Who wants a Happy Meal? I do. Oh, there's a couple of kids in there, in case you're wondering if you're crazy, because I said there's only one kid. Who wants a Happy Meal? I do. Whoa, yeah, they're inside. Rainbow. A double golden rainbow. Let's go. You're good to go. Ooh, you thinking what I'm thinking? Yeah. Huh? Hey, wait. You can race into adventure with every McDonald's Happy Meal. Packed with milk, delicious apple slices, and a rev-up racer from Disney's Ralph Breaks the Internet. Rated PG. Now playing. You know both those voices? Well, I know that Ralph is... Um, John C. Riley. It's John C. Riley, and the other one is Sarah Silverman. Oh, I think I did know that once upon yeah. a time. Um, I didn't we, know that that was John C. Riley until I saw those commercials today. Yeah. Um, everybody cashing in on the those lucrative, lucrative voice jobs. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure they all did these voice acting jobs because uh, it was, it spoke to their inner truth, and they... You know, it was an expression of their artistic integrity. That's what I meant to say. And that's why I would do it, too. Yes. Okay. Um, so this next one that takes us... In the computer. <laughs> it's so simple. Is uh, <laughs> from 1989. A lot of these... I tried not to make this just a show of early internet and just, computer just, ads from just the... Just Katie Kirk and Brian Gumbel exactly, going like... Yeah. What's the internet? I mean, honestly, if we just did early internet and early computer commercials, like we could, we could fill a year's worth of yeah. shows. I mean, they're so entertaining. There are so many angles. There's so much good stuff there. But I wanted to Too much narrow it down. Tumgus. Um, but we will have some of these uh, today because you can't avoid it, and they are just wonderful. This one is for CompuServe. Um, somebody listed this as the first internet commercial. I don't know if that is actually fact checkable um i think this is the one let me check this out yeah this is the one where we see a computer facing us an old school 1989 computer in the background it just kind of looks like virtual colors and you know whatever that whatever that ether world is that is the internet but then a guy pops up in the computer screen and then starts talking to us and then kind of leans out of the computer screen, kind of breaking that wall and giving yeah, us a sense of Yeah, that's where they dimension. got the idea for the ring. And then, that's right, I'm going to show this to you, but then you are going to die. <laughs> Just well, so you know, everybody. In seven days. So, yeah, you have time. Um, so You if have you're, to make somebody else watch this coffee <laughs> serve commercial. You have to make, oh, that would be a great promotion for after these messages. Oh, yeah, you have to play it for someone else or you die. Or you die. Hey, you guys, that's what's happening. <laughs> that's a good that's what's way up. to get some downloads. Um, and then as he's talking, things will start spinning around. And at one point, we will kind of get sucked into the computer. And you will see, um, you will see people kind of gaming. It's when uh, they talk about a, a network of computers. And then things start spinning around. You see various people connecting on the Internet. What I love is at one point there's a line in here about how you can play uh, video games with people all across the country. <laughs> if you own a computer, here's how to get the most out of it without buying lots of expensive software. 
Get ready to write down a phone number and watch this. I love a computer commercial that says, get ready to write, write down, down a, a phone, phone number. number. It is, what a Pop special time in history. The power of your computer with the convenience of your telephone. By the way, and then what pops out of the computer first is a CompuServe, like a 3D uh, text that says CompuServe and it spins around and it is exactly like the screensavers of the like Windows 95. Oh, totally, yeah. yeah. To bring you hundreds of online services, like a complete set of encyclopedias and the AP Newswire. It helps you decide on investments, bank, make airline reservations, and shop in the electronic mall. All of these things. Could you even make an airline reservation back then? I mean, I were the airlines equipped for that? I assume. I don't think they would be making it up. I'm sure there was some sort of partnership with like partner yeah, it was airlines like one, or It was like you could, you could make a... You could buy a, fl- a plane ticket on Eastern Airlines. Right. That was it. As he's describing all these services, they are flying out of the... Uh, an airplane flies out of the computer. A bunch of encyclopedias come out. It's almost like a 3D kind of thing. I love the idea of being able to look at an encyclopedia online because I'm sure what it was was like essentially just Encyclopedia Britannica or yeah, some pre-existing encyclopedia that was just, you know, digitized. Uh-huh. But I mean, like we live in the era of Wikipedia now, mm-hmm. you know, like... It's it's so funny to think back to a time when an encyclopedia was a discrete set of information, mm-hmm. when it wasn't just an ever expanding uh, branch, branching and branching and branching of like topics upon topics. You mm-hmm. know, like you know now it's like such a thing if you have an entry on Wikipedia, but increasingly it won't be a thing because it like all human beings will be cataloged. Mm-hmm. There's my conspiracy theory for the day. Like, wow, really? We'll all have our tattoos. It connects you with other computer owners and offers games that pit you against opponents around the country. You get <laughs> and again, what just, is that so, game? We're so used to people saying around the world, of course, because it's the World Wide Web, and just saying around the country seems so short. It's almost like you can it pits you against players from around the tri-state area. Also, the game that they depict them playing is the avatar of the game is like a sort of it's a it's like a cartoon character that's sort of like a Conan the Barbarian type and like but futuristic boots with like, in a loincloth but with a lightsaber. Yes, it's a lot a, it's a lot going on is what I'm saying. And some sort of a weird space helmet. Right. On the very, like weird a space helmet. Bike helmet. Naked for except space. for a loincloth and boots and a lightsaber. Connects you with other computer How to play that game. And offers yeah. games that pit you against opponents around the country. You get all this and more and it's as simple as making a local phone call. To get online with CompuServe and over a half million people throughout North America, see your local computer store or call 1-800-522-4477 for a free informative brochure about CompuServe. Call now to get the most out of your computer. It's so simple. So there you have it from CompuServe. Um, oh, I love this next one, Veeves. This one is a so, little bit more modern. Oh, so sorry, go ahead. just to be clear, mm-hmm. CompuServe was... What what I think was, it was like AOL. It was like AOL, and you would and you would like it would just it was some sort of service that connected you through a modem, mm-hmm. through a dial-up modem to whatever passed for the interwebs back then. Is it I is it ironic that I'm literally looking this up on an online encyclopedia called Wikipedia <laughs> right now? Yeah, I mean here we are. Well, first major. Oh, so they that. They did say first internet commercial in that description. According to Wikipedia, this was the first major commercial online service provider. They were a service provider. 
So I guess that's not that much different than like Comcast. They're our service provider, right? Yeah. Only um, it's back just then sort of it the was me- just like, the medium by which yeah. it is uh, connected is different now. Now let's come to more modern days, but still kind of a, a similar concept. This is Does very it say on that much... Wikipedia entry where I can get that uh, weird game. I'll look later. I'll I'll uh, I'll email it to you using. I'm trying to think of an old email. <laughs> <laughs> brand I can't even think of one. Um, GeoCities. That's not an email though, right? That was a that was a, a place where you could buy a web domain, right? GeoCities was kind of an early like w- like kind of WordPress or well, you buy domains at like uh, GoDaddy or yeah, those kind of places. I think, but yeah, I think GeoCities was more of a, like a. I think, I think you, it was, you, yeah, I think it was more like publishing platform. Yeah, right, right. Which probably also provided you with. A web address, right? Some sort whatever. of territory on the World Wide Web. Anyway, um, the information. I actually think highway. there's there's quite a lot in, in the same way that it was hilarious listening to peop, the pa- people of the past talk about what the internet was going uh-huh. to be like. We sound equally stupid talking about what the proto internet was. like. Yes, I know, and I think that actually, though, I think you and I <laughs> we have, have no excuse. Yeah, exactly. I think that, that actually happened. I'll already. bet you. I'll bet you more. Of our listeners know <laughs> the answers to what we're saying. Then. Yeah. So, sorry. Look, we never claimed that this was a well-researched show. No, we never did. Or listenable, for that matter. Um, this commercial is from 2015. It stars Charles Barkley, and he is... It begins with him zipping through, again, that sort of... Um, that that time portal looking the virtual thing. space the it's vir- always depicted the same way uh-huh, even like, though it could be anything it's like it could be like a farm or whatever zipping through a tube with all these little internety things going past him like cats and other cats with lasers coming out of their oh, heads. that's very tim and eric yeah and uh, let's see and this is for CDW, which I believe is part of um, an Intel thing. And we're going to go back to watch some early Intel things later that are going to take us inside the computer. But this is from 2015. Charles Barkley is trapped in the Internet. CDW and Intel are monitoring him. Now we see a laptop computer, and uh, Charles Barkley is appearing in things that I don't think they're real memes or, or real viral videos, but like kind of viral video esque things. Right. Like they're some meant guys to evoke do, that. Yeah, some guys doing some weird dance, and then all of a sudden Charles Barkley is next to him also doing the weird dance. Using Intel Pro wireless display technology on two in one devices. Whoa, this is cool. With Intel Core MV Pro processors, custom configured by CDW. I'm going viral. At the end, we see some people in uh, like an office place doing the dance that he's doing when he says, I'm going viral. Very scattered commercial. Unclear what they're selling. Unclear what they're selling. Unclear who they're trying to appeal to. Mm -hmm. Charles Barkley is no one's idea of like future man. I know. The... The things that he... It just looks very janky altogether. And the people who are the, like... I guess the sort of the customer proxy, the businessman and woman, are super dumpy looking and their office looks really dumpy. I mean, it looks like it has no production value at all. It's really terrible. 
I think we were wrong about something, speaking about being terrible. I'm reading the description here, and apparently it says, uh, this is the weird description from iSpot TV. After floating in a blue endless space that for some reason includes a cat, he lands in the infamous Evolution of Dance video. So I think Evolution of Dance is a viral video that, um, well, it looks like they were recreating I think it, they though. were, yeah. yeah it was meant to the, evoke that, but yeah. it was not that actual thing. Yeah, yeah, and I, I it, it looked familiar to me, too, in that way mm-hmm. of like, yeah, this is something, but it's not the real thing. I tried really hard to find commercials that weren't just for internet related things or computer related things, uh, which brought me to this one, which I remember. I think this might have even debuted during a Super Bowl with George Takai. It sure did. The Taco Bell Quesalupa. Quesalupa. I need to just find a list of all of the bullshit foods that Taco Bell has made up over the years. Yeah. Quesalupa. What's the difference between that and the... I don't even know any of the other ones. Um, yeah, I don't really eat at Taco Bell, so I don't know I'm either. pretty ignorant about, about all their, you know, abortions. Anyway, in this one, um, Taco Bell is trying to take advantage of uh, George Takai's popularity. You know, everything that he would tweet would go viral. I mean, I'm sure it's still the case, but for a while there, it's yeah, like he was... you couldn't escape it. Um, and so they got people tweeting about their new case of Lupa. George Takai is on some sort of an internet throne. At first, it's not unlike, uh, where does Professor X sit in your X-Men movies? He's got that... Cerebro. Cerebro. Is that the thing that he goes into, the that's, giant that's dome? It's the thing that he goes into. Okay, it's yeah. It's a big round room. It's kind of like that with a bunch of like internet memes behind him on TVs. And he's reading these tweets, people talking about the case of Lupa. Do you think he might say, oh my, in this? Um, <laughs> I think he's probably contractually obligated to say it in everything. Oh my. Or he insists what? on it. Being in his contract. Yes. What if the director really tried to get him not to say it? In right. This and he just, they just couldn't get a cut without him saying it. What's the internet saying about the quesalupa? <laughs> I have romantic feelings for the quesalupa. Oh, my. Quesalupa for president. I saw a picture of a quesalupa in a newspaper. And it made me pick up a newspaper. Yo, the quesalupa is banging. Yeah. About to ascend to food heaven on the cheese-filled wings of the angels. Taste what the internet is raving about. The Quesalupa from Taco Bell. You know what surprises me about this commercial? What? Did you just catch that too? When they're talking about, um, they say, it made me pick up a newspaper. And he picks up a newspaper and it says something about politics. It says Quesalupa for president. That's right. It's after the newspaper one. He's wearing a red... (gasps) He's wearing a red, You're like, Make right. America Great hat, only it says Make America Cheesy. I mean, that hat has been parodied and, yeah, but this and is, repurposed. And, and this but came yeah. in 2016, and George Takai, like, because yeah. him, I'm really surprised by that. I am surprised, too. Um, it was probably 2016. Well, I'm trying to think, would that have been before the election? Like, maybe it was just kind of like... I mean, it was sure as hell after um, immigrants are lazy and rapists. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, the hat has been repurposed, and, and then sometimes I think subversively here, I think it's just a like a lazy signal of like... just It's just like a, a cultural icon mm-hmm. that is recognizable. Yeah, now I think I I would be shocked if anybody who wasn't, you know trying to not even dog whistle just it wasn't trying to signal to the right mm-hmm. were to adopt uh even any version of the make america of the maga hat because like it's now it's so polarizing 
I think it's hard to remember that like there was a period after Trump got elected where people were like, I mean, Dave Chappelle went on Saturday Night Live and was like, let's give this guy a chance, you know, like, be, like let's have it like, let's all take a breath and like, you know, agree that it was a fair election. It sort of wasn't, but whatever. Um, you know, we tried for a minute there to to just carry on like it was business as usual, but of course it was impossible. Mm-hmm. You, I, I've only seen one Trump hat in real life, like just kind of in <laughs> the wild. Know. And I don't know if you have. Welcome to Seattle, everyone. But do, do, do you know the one that I'm talking about? <laughs> we don't. were on vacation in Hawaii, of uh, all places, and we were just sitting at this outdoor bar, and then a, a guy, um, like a young man and woman, walked by us on the sidewalk while we were just having our beers, and he was—he was a oh. young white man. Yeah. You'd be surprised to hear uh, just rocking this hat. And it shocked me. It took my breath away. And listen, we might have listeners who voted for Trump. You know, one way or the other, I don't really want to get into it. But there's even a difference between voting for Trump and wearing that hat. That is like a signal that is like belonging to a group that it took my breath away. Not unlike if somebody had been wearing a KKK thing. Like it is shocking to see that. Um, you are so, easily triggered. I am easily triggered. <laughs> no, I'm as easily triggered. Listen, that hat is a symbol of something. It's not just... Uh, anyway. Um, so this next one, I don't really have a good segue to get into this, but let's just reset. In the computer. <laughs> it's so simple. <laughs> I had not seen this one, although I think it was, it was, a, com- it was a Super Bowl commercial. Starring Liam Neeson and his son, Michael Neeson. Although I might be saying that wrong because Michael is spelled with a with an accent over the A. Because, of course, Liam Neeson isn't just going to name his son Michael, right? Machial? Uh, I don't think it's Michiel? M- M- Machial. Michiel? Uh, Michel? I don't know. Uh, Michel Neeson. Um, and in this commercial... Uh, the two of them, by the way, they don't play father-son in this. I think it's called, I think the name of the ad is Man from the Future, and it's for an LG television. How it's for a television, I still don't know. Do you remember this commercial? I don't. I don't think I'd seen it before today. Somehow, this buff commercial uh, escaped my radar. But you have Liam Neeson and a man played by his son, uh, in his probably 20s or something, and they're sitting at a bar in some sort of a very sleek, futuristic place. It almost doesn't look like a bar. It looks like a, I don't know, like a maybe a Blade Runner era bar, but even Blade Runner has more chaos going around in some scenes. This is like incredibly minimalistic. Liam Neeson is talking to this kid. He strikes up a conversation at the bar, and while Liam Neeson is talking, he's fidgeting with a deck of playing cards and on one one side the playing cards are normal and then on the other side they're just plain jet black cards right then he's talking and he's flipping these cards around i still don't know why then at one point he takes one of the cards and he flips it into the air and it kind of sticks to the wall and then a portal opens up, a digital portal with ones and zeros i think if you look very closely and they start spinning around and it opens up this portal via the card into very much a Tron situation where the boy, the young man, is going to jump on a motorcycle and start racing around. The um, ad's executive producer, Ridley Scott. He didn't make Tron, but still. Uh, and it uh, that's the executive producer. The director was Ridley Scott's son, Jake. Oh, this is all so, about sons getting opportunities. This is really good. Like, here's a place where we finally have two really 
powerful men in Hollywood opening a door <laughs> to a younger generation to give new voices, uh, to, to give, you know, a uh, voice to new directors and creative types. That's so great. it's just really good. So here, I hope I did an okay job describing this. You haven't seen it yet, so you tell me if I nailed it as we watch it. There is a revolution coming. Excuse me? What do you mean? The future is staring back at us like a perfect picture on glass. Portal. This future, it must be protected. <laughs> What's it got to do with me? Look. What is it? It will change everything. Suddenly he goes through the portal. It does. And now, oh, that's right. In this Tron-esque world, instead of all being flat, it's like a maze where all these black Like a hall cards. of mirrors, but with black squares and yellow outlines. Mm-hmm. That's why they want to stop it. They will come after you without cease. They're chasing him, whoever the future, they are. Okay, now us. they're on motorcycles, racing, racing, racing. LG, OLED, perfect picture on glass. Who are you? Oh, come now. I've already told you. The future is staring back at you. Who are you? I've already told you the future is staring back at you. Clearly, I mean, the I don't only, like anything about no, this. No, I hate everything about this, including that guy's hair, which is really long. He, I mean, I don't want to face shame anyone, but that dude is not handsome. Um, I mean, Liam's Neeson's son, mm-hmm. Michael. Uh, the only thing that makes sense about it now after watching it for the third time is I see the black playing cards and the flatness of it evoke the skinniness of this TV. It is a very thin television. The TV is flipping around and it's kind of like, oh, that's why we have all this reinforced imagery of of basically a two-dimensional black square, essentially. But um, terrible commercial. Terrible. Just terrible. I mean, pretentious, confusing, poorly acted, stupidly written, not a good pitch for the product, mm-hmm. and also not handsome enough. <laughs> and, uh, not, as you like to say, not handsome enough in the face area. Not handsome enough in the face area. Exactly right. <laughs> well, let's get back on track here with some classic computer. content. Um, this is for Intel, but instead of being a modern Intel commercial with Charles Barkley, this one is from the early 90s, and I'm pretty sure this is the one. Oh, yeah, this is great. So this isn't going inside the internet. This is going inside the computer. <laughs> we we see the outside of a computer that says, you know, Intel inside. This was low-hanging fruit for me as soon as I remembered that Intel inside. This was their whole thing. They would always take you inside the computer and show, like, these processors and doohickeys in there. Yeah, it would be, like, giant, uh, you know, board yeah. chips and motherboards and stuff. Exactly. And so um, this one, we see the outside of the commercial first. I'm sorry. We see the outside of the computer first, and then we go in Kind of from our perspective, we slip in through the disk drive in the front of the computer. And then what's inside the computer but a library? At first, there's some, like you say, kind of like uh, chips and stuff. But then it looks like a traditional library, just like halls or I guess uh, aisles and aisles of books. This symbol outside means you have the standard inside that an entire library of software has been written to. Flying around the chips, we're looking at book at stacks of uh, 
Stacks filled with software programs. I actually really like this. This is, I think, the type of thing that made me want to do this show. It really appeals to me. The ground are computer boards. or com- like, Why can't I think of the word for it? Like, Lisa's like can yeah, I guess it's the motherboard, basically, of the... That's what you plug all the other yeah, cards like, into, right? Yeah, um, Yeah, I don't know. Because I, I used to I take... I had a 486 I used to take apart a lot, and I would get, like, faster cards and plug yeah, them Yeah, I don't know if there's stuff. a generic term for the green metal uh, plates with all of the, you know, chips and, and stuff the on it. And the circuits on it. But anyway, that's the floor. And then... And you're zipping through, again, kind of like an early, like... Um, was it Doom that was the early first-person shooter game? Whenever I say that, somebody tells me it wasn't first-person shooter. <laughs> I, I don't know technically if it was or not. But you're kind of going through these yeah. this pers- first-person perspective as you're winding through these aisles. Think of it as a library card that lets you run the software of today and tomorrow. So look for computers that have Intel inside. It's really fun to go back in time and see how they tried to position computers as virtual versions of something physical. Yes. We're beyond that. Which I think we're mostly beyond that now because we're pretty familiar with the virtual. Yeah, and everybody kind of gets it that it's mm-hmm. not like, I mean, you know, it's it's not literally a series of tubes. Right, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think every people kind of understand that how, we, how they interact with technology. But yeah, I mean, we didn't have a language for it. Uh, and when you when you're marketing a new product... I think I think one of the challenges of any kind of new technology or new era of technology is coming up with a vernacular and coming up mm-hmm. with a way to contextualize it so that people like can answer the question what is what is the internet what is email Yeah and speaking of I saw one that it wasn't an inside the computer one but again just these searches brought up all kinds of early internet stuff and there was a father this was probably from the very early 90s. A father was taking his son through a museum. And in the museum, there was like a, uh, I assume it was a figure of and not a real mailman, kind of like frozen in, in time, sort of. And the father's explaining to the son that mail used to be delivered by people on foot and the little boy says that must have taken forever because the commercial was obviously saying in the future we won't have mail it will all be electronic mail um this next commercial um the characters will remain outside of the computer but we will be in the computer this is another intel one (laughs) I will delete that file after today's show, I promise. Um, In this one, we see a little boy. At first, we're on the outside with him, and he is doing, it looks like, research for a science project. He's looking at some sort of, I can't remember off the top of my head if it's a a star or a planet or what kind of celestial object. And then as he's continuing to do his work, we kind of switch perspective, and then we'll be inside the computer. I kind of like it. It's just like we just see him looking into the computer as if we're living inside the computer and we're uh-huh. looking him in the uh, in the face and we just kind of have some chips and stuff around us. And then I believe his dad will come in, ask him if his homework's going well. And then I think when the dad leaves, maybe the boy switches to a video game. It's all blurry. Okay, if I move back from the sun. It's the sun. That's the earth and the moon. That's about the same. Let's see how far Saturn is. Doing your homework? Yeah, almost done. Programs like Redshift really take off with a Pentium processor inside your PC. Recognize that voice? Sure, it's LeVar Burton. The Kirathi system. The Intel Pentium processor. 
Now, there's something driving me crazy about this commercial that I can't figure out on the fly, although if I'd realized it earlier, maybe I could have done some research. Ad Council, I'm calling on you. I'm enlisting you. Can someone tell me what this music is? I swear, it, it could just be generic movie-sounding music, but this sounds like a movie that I've seen a lot, like some 90s movie with maybe a touch of magical realism in it, and, uh, and this type of music plays. That's the earth. Hear this part. That's about the same. Let's see how far Saturn is. It's like, what about it's, Bobby or something? I mean, it's so generic. A miles. Doing your homework? Yeah, almost done. Programs like Redshift really take off. It's kind of generic, but I, I think that's I, I think that's a song. I think that's a real song. I'd be sort of surprised if they paid somebody, if they paid anybody for that above and beyond what it costs to, like, have some generic, like, tone music created you know like yeah, there are people who sell that kind of thing it just sounded so generic to me boy it really sounds like what about bob gets off the bus or yeah, whatever yeah but i mean right? it's that just it just like has new like dawn a, sort of music yeah that's what i mean it just it's just tonal music yeah. it's not really it doesn't like sound like any particular thing that i've heard other than you've heard it a million you've heard a thing like it a million times if i can prove you wrong definitively that that is music from a movie somewhere yes um what do i get I'm just wondering how much time and energy to put into this. What do you want? I don't know. We'll talk offline. Um, okay. Here. Oh, speaking of things. Thing. Oh, we were talking about things. Yeah. Do you have a thing you want to talk I have about? A thing I want to okay, talk about. Great. I demand my point from the quiz you gave me last time that you said I had a wrong answer on and that I had a right answer on. I said that the commercial. Uh, that's not how any of this works. That's that's not how this works. Not how any of it works. Was insurance. And you told me I was wrong, and it sure as shit was insurance. That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. No, I'm play, sorry that play you didn't... The, play the whole ad. That I just ha- I happen to have that drop well, sitting pl- here. Well, I'm telling you, play the whole ad. <laughs> well, I don't have it in front of me. Well, just get it. It's not hard to find. I don't n- understand. We've played it a bunch on the show. I don't understand why you have to be such a sore loser about this. You did really well. You won the quiz. Just like, play the ad. I don't have the ad in front of me right you now. You can find it. But it is a shame... I do. I agree with you. It's an insurance commercial. I I don't know why you got it wrong, but you did. I and did get it right. All I know is, if you go back and listen to that show, you got it wrong. Here's what you get if you can prove that that movie music is from a movie. Mm-hmm. I won't bring this up on every future show. You know what? Apologize to the listener, not me. I can put up with it. <laughs> I put up with you all the time. All right. Speaking of putting up with things, I'm sorry that you didn't get a perfect uh, score. I on did that get quiz, a perfect score, but you didn't. And I'm sorry that that's hurting you so much. Um, this is the last commercial I'm going to play for you. I, I'll i be honest with you. I shouldn't because the sound quality on this is absolutely terrible. It's almost all visual anyway, but it's another take on the same theme of the Internet being a tube that you fly down. Only this time we're seeing the tube from the outside. And I think that's an interesting take on this. This is from something called... Newcom, which I believe was like an internet service provider. Um, I've never heard of Newcom before. I don't remember this at all. I found this just by Googling information superhighway <laughs> commercials. And that is what this uh, commercial is all about. We see um, like kind of vast uh, landscape shots across all through the mountains, through the desert, through all kinds of different terrain. And running through it is this 
kind of bluish electric magic tube looking thing. And we're seeing kind of a, we see, I believe, a, a male figure, a man who's kind of getting closer and closer to this tube. And then eventually at some point, he actually kind of sticks his foot into it and then crawls, I guess you would say... In the computer. <laughs> he crawls right into this thing and then it, it takes him away. I'm sorry again about the audio quality here. Could have used this for our whispers show. Yeah. So he's like... He's sort of touching it and like his hand is, you know, disappearing into it sort of uh, like through, you know, through some sort of field. Like he's exploring a portal again. Um, And we're seeing all kinds of things just like gibberish going by, but then also like every now and then a recognizable thing like a Hanna-Barbera cartoon character or something like that. It's all in the internet. That's right. He's in multimedia products is what Newcom sells. Multimedia products. At the end, he kind of swims in and he it, it fully takes him over. Also, we see somebody surfing. I don't think that is a coincidence. Yes. I have no idea what multimedia products means in this context. Neither but maybe, maybe in its time, people knew what it was. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's all I got, Vives. Did you have anything to add before we move on to the Ad Council? Nope. Let's do the Ad Council. Okay. Everybody's talking at me I don't hear words they're saying Only the echoes of my mind All right, what do we got? This is something from listener Travis that I am just so in love with. Um, We talked in last week's show about uh, real actors portraying act actors portraying actors in commercials mm-hmm. we talked a little bit about the john ham h&r block commercials where he plays kind of like a, a heightened jerkier version of himself and we kind of debated whether these work whether the joke works and who's the joke on and now i get it now i get what h&r block was going for um because it's it's this ad for um uh, skip the dishes, which is a, apparently a Canadian version of like DoorDash. It's mm-hmm. a food delivery, you know, service or mm-hmm. app, whatever. Um, so these really nail the idea that John Hamm is an entitled actor. You know, he's he's John Hamm. He's an entitled actor, and he is uh, putting everybody else out through his his egotism. But it's done so much with so much more flair and better writing. And it's such a funnier concept. So the concept is he wants to become a he wants to become Canadian or or become a Canadian citizen. Um, And as he's pursuing this dream of his, he's also bossing his poor assistant, Brandon. So they're all they're all these interactions between John Hamm and then this kid who plays his assistant, who's this sort of put upon, uh, you know, young white guy yeah okay yeah and i've only watched one of these so far because i loved the first one so much i literally said to you i want to watch the other ones for the first time on the show i'll set up this one um we have john ham kind of relaxing in a, a very nice looking apartment with very modern kind of mid-century modern furniture he's kicking back and he's got like a, a little moleskin notebook on his lap and apparently there's a to-do list on it yes. for him. And, and his assistant is standing in the background in the in the open concept kitchen 
uh, with white gloves on doing some tasks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, people think I've got it easy, but I'm just an ordinary Canadian guy that does ordinary Canadian things, like chores. You're from St. Louis. Uh, the chopsticks, Brandon. How we doing? My hands hurt. Oh. Okay, so that goes by a little bit fast. Um, the, we learn that the kid is polishing chopsticks yes. with, with some sort of electric chopstick polisher back there. And when, and when he says, my hands hurt, uh, we see John Hamm check off on his list of to-dos, polish chopsticks. The next item on the list is question reality. <laughs> Chores. You're from St. Uh, Louis. The chopsticks, Brandon. How we doing? My hands hurt. Well, part of the job. Next task, order me one of my favorites from Skip the Dishes. Poutine. Who what? <laughs> Brandon. <laughs> You're so American. So are you, sir. Then why do I love hockey? <laughs> Skip the Dishes. You deserve great delivery. And kind of the running joke through these is that John Hamm makes Brandon do all kinds of tasks that are you know, completely unreasonable. And the only one that's easy to do for Brandon is order food from Skip the Dishes. I love the directing and editing yeah. on this, the way they cross talk, the way they interrupt each other. You're from St. How are the chopsticks coming? He's My hands like, hurt. Yeah. <laughs> part of part, the job. Part of the job. Okay, so I am... I am in love with that commercial. That's yeah. my favorite commercial right now. I don't even know if these are still airing. Well, it looks like these have been posted pretty recently to YouTube. Uh, so do you want us up this next one? Yeah, this next one takes place in the same house, but he's John Ham's moving around through this beautiful house, um, talking about how much he enjoys his smart home. And as he describes things that his smart home can do for him, you realize that it's Brandon doing all of the things. <laughs> okay, I'm going to hit go. Don't you love how easy life is with a smart home? You never have to lift a finger. Hey, smart home, open the curtains. Smart home, maybe a little lavender mist. Hey, smart home, play me something in C minor. Brandon runs to the piano. Oh, hey, smart home, make me a pad thai with extra tofu and don't skimp on the bean sprouts. Healthy. Skip the dishes. You deserve. <laughs> the kid is great playing time. piano with one hand while he's ordering with the other hand. Yeah. Uh, when the, he mentions uh, the lavender mist, he comes running in with spray bottles. Right. That's and John Hamm's just a, apparently oblivious to the fact that a person is doing all right, of these things. Right. Right. I love it. Um, and his kind of assholery doesn't work against the product. That's the thing. It doesn't work against the product because it's really it's Brandon who yeah. we were sort of rooting for. Yeah. And it's Brandon who's having to use the product and it it's the value of the product is demonstrated irrespective of who you're rooting for. Whereas I felt like the somehow with the H&R Block thing it was like he seems more of a I, I don't know it's hard to explain. He he just it, it doesn't he's not as connected to the value of the mm -hmm. of the product and it's also a product the or a service in that case that um is about expertise and then having john ham kind of being a jerk mansplaining yeah. the expertise it just doesn't come off well i mean there's just i don't know these are also just, just way better written and more yeah, and better funny. produced yeah, yeah yeah absolutely so this is the last one i see this is actually from the skip the dishes youtube page and this is from september of 2019 of 2019, I should say. So this is very, um, very current. Yeah, and I'll set this up. This is a different setting. He's in um, a much more sort of 
it's beautiful and big, but it's more rustic looking. It's like mm, a, chalet. a ski chalet or mountain cabin, you know, big stone fireplace, lots of, you know, wood beams everywhere. Um, and when you see, when he turns around from stoking the fire, you're going to see he's wearing a white sweater with a big red maple leaf on it. Okay. Ooh, Brandon, it's official. I'm Canadian, and I ordered from Skip the Dishes to celebrate. It's on the way. Uh, sir, your citizenship was denied. What? But I already bought a moose jaw. And a yellow knife. And a Susan Marie, whatever that is. <laughs> you can start your own country. New Canada. Brandon, no, I'm a real Canadian. No oh, food's here. Shall I get it? We. Oui. We oui what? Oh, Brandon. You're American <laughs> is showing. Skip the dishes. You deserve it. What do you say? Your American is showing? Your American is showing. Oh, that's great. He's, he, he's so world weary when he says, oi. Oui. Yeah, I still I think the first one is my favorite though. That's the, fantastic. Well, wait till you see this. So you know, okay. I don't know if you noticed, but he he cited a bunch. He name checked a bunch of Canadian places, uh-huh. or I don't know what Sault Ste. Marie is, but Yellowknife is a place I think, and Moose Jaw is for sure a place. Oh, and he said he ordered. I those ordered things. a Moose Jaw and a Yellowknife. Okay, this is a response ad or video that the real mayor of Moose Jaw made in response to <laughs> these can- these, this campaign. Okay, so this isn't, this isn't, as far as we know, part of the DoorDash can or I'm sorry, <laughs> boy, that's not good for them. Your American the- is showing. <laughs> this isn't part of, like, did Skip the Dishes pay for this, do we think? Is this branded as Skip the Dishes, or is this just kind of viral content? I think it's just viral content. Okay. I could, you know, I could be wrong. Okay. Mr. Ham. My name's Fraser Tolmy, and I'm the mayor of the city of Moose Jaw. I recently heard the sad news about your citizenship application being denied. John, if I were the Prime Minister of New Canada, I would have you swear allegiance to the moose, our national animal. John, we would do new things in New Canada. Thursdays would be the new Friday. Chocolate would be a vegetable. Maple syrup would be a beverage. Bacon would be our favorite color and flavor. Spelled with a U, of course. John, we could do crazy things here. We could put the moose on the $5 bill. We could have the loony, the toony, the moony. This just cannot stand. So I'm going to ask the people of New Canada to sign a petition to make John Hamm a new Canadian citizen. And if we can get a thousand signatures, well, John, I'm gonna do the most Canadian thing ever. I'm gonna walk up to you, look you in the eye, and I'm gonna say, I'm sorry. It's all been a misunderstanding, eh? Why don't you come over to my house, we'll put on a hockey game, and we'll order some food in. <laughs> so he never name checks Skip the Dishes. He does say order no. some food in. I think it was just like a stunt. Yeah, it says produced by uh, Lump Black Studios. Lamp Black. I'm sorry, what was it? Lamp Black. I see, in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. He also has a uh, faux hawk. And I can't tell if that's just his style or if that's... If it's a joke. If it's a joke. I think it might just be his style. Anyway, I mean, it's not like the most hilarious thing that mm-hmm. I ever saw, but I always just like it when politicians have a little bit of fun. Yeah. I thought it was cute. Yeah, we're just And I fun. really appreciate uh, listener Travis sending those in. Those are really great. I love those commercials. Um, you have one last thing here. You say it's from listener Brian, and you wrote in all caps, Andrew, don't watch this in advance. Yes, this is one of those, wait till you see what this one is for. Okay. Um, and I think if you just click on the link, you won't be able to tell. It's no, There's no uh, 
talking, so I'm gonna have to just narrate it. You're gonna hear it's there's like a it's like a slow cover. The the soundtrack is a slow cover of um, uh, Wonderwall. Okay, and um, I'm I'm supposed to yell out when I when I realize what the product is. You just it's not even that. It's just like you're gonna as as someone wrote, um, as someone as someone wrote on the on Twitter where this uh you know came to people's attention. I screamed when I saw what this was for. It's just like. I think you'll get it. I'll, I'll I'll just have to narrate it as we go along. Okay. Okay. We're gonna be playing this uh, off of. It's Twitter. long. It's like two minutes. Okay. Here we go. Come on, puppet. So it begins with a little girl. Uh, her family's driving her off. She's kind of like feeling a little homesick. She's going to camp for the first time. Okay. She's on a bus. She's on a bus. Uh, bus takes her to like some town somewhere where she's uh, meeting the other camp kids. She meets a little girl. Um, She's got a cassette tape. Clearly European. This is yeah, Europe. somewhere in Europe, uh, and it is. It's uh, it's in it's in Europe. The little girls are playing. They're becoming better and better friends. Um, they're getting older and older. So you know, time is passing. They're seeing each other every summer, um, and they're hugging each other goodbye. You know, at the end of the summer. Now, now they're teenagers. They're reuniting. Going on vacations together. Probably in their twenties now. I'm gonna say they're on a road trip. They're dancing in the field. Yeah, just having a good time. Just really close. Uh, they're swimming, and they're kind of like now they're realizing that they have feelings for each other, and they're making out. Can I just interrupt for one second? It's interesting. I'm trying to figure out like how when this is supposed to be because cassette they're they're showing something they go from a cassette tape at one point and mm-hmm. then they show a cd later on going into the car's cd player and it's also noticeable that at one point they're like kind of you know uh doing kind of like modeling for each other like friends would and taking photos but they're not doing it with their phones it's a it's a polaroid so i don't know if there's a reason for that yeah, or I mean, not, I but i'm definitely noting we've that we've gone the, back in time right. and we're moving now forward through time yeah and so they must be at least like my age because you know based on that kind of cassette to cd thing. right so okay i just wanted to note that as i'm trying to guess right now my guess is that these are for tacos <laughs> I'm sure you've heard it all before. So it's like a pretty, de- like, uh, they're making out pretty hard. Yeah, it's a pretty, like, a uh, frank depiction of these two women in a sexual relationship. Now, the dad is yelling at the, one of them oh, when he, he finds out that he, she's in a relationship with a woman. Because they're, they're swapping letters, and at one point, she's uh, reading a letter in the back seat uh, from her girlfriend feeling really happy, but now he's holding a letter and yelling at her in the rain, and she's crying. Now uh, our first little girl is seeing her girlfriend marry a man, and she's oh. clearly very sad watching her friend get married. Looks like they're in their thirties now. Yeah. Now uh, the girl, the woman who got married to a man, it has packed up her car, and she's driving away, and she's reuniting with her girlfriend. Oh wow! Yeah, probably like m- mid thirties at this point. Yeah. They reunite, embrace, and kiss. Oh, here's a car. Is this for a car? And they've got, they're in their car. This is pretty modern day. And they've got their own little girl. And the, the parents of the, of our, of our first girl are happy to see their grandkid and welcome oh, their daughter-in-law. Okay. 
It's for the all-new Renault Clio, 30 years in the making. Oh, interesting. So they they were signaling that with the technology, but they're also signaling that with the, how attitudes have changed. Yeah, and so Twitter That's kind of pretty went... pretty sweet. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's such an emotional commercial. I mean, we kind of chopped it up a lot by talking through it, yeah. but I watched it just uninterrupted today while I was uh, prepping, and it's actually quite moving um, in terms of the story that's being told it's like there's a lot of feelings there right But people hate i can't tell if people's reactions are because they love it or they hate it is this like oh this is nice because this is shining a light on attitudes changing for the positive or are they pissed off because they're kind of capitalizing <laughs> on other people's struggles to sell a car a little bit of column a a little bit of column b people are having both reactions but i think it feels a little exploitative to people because the it's the the stakes are very high and the and the and very serious for the for the women mm-hmm. in the story and then to have it be like get the new Peugeot, Vauxhall or Peugeot or whatever it was um you know feels a little it somehow cheapens it a, a little mm-hmm. bit because the story is so real uh, but then on the other hand you know i i'm of two minds about anything at like this in the one hand like there's nothing capitalism can't you know exploit for its own purposes on the other hand capitalism has exploited or has has pushed forward way worse narratives right Right, so i guess you have to kind of take the bad with the good until you know the revolution comes obviously one person so the original person who tweeted this wrote and this is uh from david mack who's a um editor or i guess he's deputy director of breaking news at buzzfeed news he says when I tell you I finally realized what I was watching, that I screamed. Um, and then he says, well, capitalism has once again ended me. I can't do anything else today. Fuck. <laughs> 30 years in the making. Gay rights slash this Renault car. And then a, an, an image. Oh, I don't Renault. Know. I think I couldn't remember which car maker it was. Anyway, so I still am confused by him. I assume that he's pointing out the kind of problematic nature of this or is he excited about it? I, I honestly can't tell. I don't I don't read internet. I mean, I think he's just feeling feelings, but he's just feeling a complicated feeling, but what I like is a few replies down, somebody responded I think I might buy one. Probably get it in blue is the warmest color. <laughs> That's a good joke. That's a pretty good spoof. You can sell anything. You can sell anything. All right, Veeves. Well, we were in the computer. I took you inside the internet, and now I'm delivering you. Please (laughs) enjoy the rest of your day in the real world. Thank you for joining us inside the internet today, though, folks. Yes. Um, And thank you for joining us uh, here on After These Messages. Uh, You can check us out at the Facebook group. You can always find us there. That is also... In the computer. Just look for it in your computer. Just look around. Uh, Also, email us. Also in the computer. After these messages, show at Gmail. That's electronic mail. Electronic mail. That's what the E stands for. That's right. Uh, If you're you're super old school and you like to do it analog, it's probably not analog because you probably have some sort of digital connection Mm -hmm. via your phone. But you can call us at 607-444-5597. Okay, boomer. We'll talk to you guys next week.